Welcome to Brother to Brother, a podcast that is part therapy, part tongue-in-cheek, and all real talk. We are back for episode 66, making our way through the 60s on our way to the 70s in retirement. Um, we want to thank, uh, as usual, our subscribers, our listeners, and we ask that any new people or any of those who are inconsistent that you subscribe, rate, and review. Joining me tonight, per usual, my brother, my co-host, my friend. Reggie, how you doing? I'm doing good. And yourself? I am doing better now. It was a great weekend that became terrible for a day and then became great again. Now that yeah, there. yeah, you had one hell of a, a week, a weekend, or a couple of days, rather. Um, But we'll get into that right now, as it's time to get into the Carson Corner. Um... So yeah, I was, uh, my wife is, does Mary Kay. I think I've mentioned that before. And she was out in San Diego for a conference and I, using any excuse to take time off from work, decided to fly out to Los Angeles to see my buddy Temple, um, for a couple of days. And then we drove down to San Diego to hang out with my wife, which was awesome. Uh, Los Angeles was cool. It always is, but Los Angeles is this weird place where, and I don't know what it is. I think part of the fact that I listen to so many podcasts that are based in Los Angeles and they talk up the city like it's so great. It's not great, man. Los Angeles is a shithole. Um, if I could talk to the Daily Zeitgeist hosts and the, um, what's it called? The, uh, Culture Kings hosts, I'd be like, listen, I get it. You guys like Los Angeles and the weather's decent most of the time when shit's not on fire and it's not smoggy, but, Tons and tons and tons and tons of homeless people. Uh, everything costs way too fucking much. And it's all just like... Los Angeles is all shine and then you rub it and you realize it's just garbage underneath. What do you mean? Well, it's just like everything's dirty. Everything's like... All the bright... The lights look real bright from far away. And then you get up close and you realize everything's just dirty with bright lights. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I don't really get the appeal of living in Los Angeles, especially after having gone to San Diego. San Diego, that's a fucking place to be, man. That beautiful weather, um, everyone seems super chill. Los Angeles has that, like, go-go-go atmosphere of, like, Boston or New York mixed with a lot of weather, too much traffic, and uh, just a wide variety of hipster-ass people. Wow, you're really going after L.A., huh? Well, just, I don't understand why everyone acts like LA is like this, this amazing place. And I get it. You know, Boston, I, I like Boston for what it is, but I would never be like, yo, Boston's the best city in the, in the United States, but. Well, what I, do you think is the best city in the United States? I don't know what it is, but it's not Los Angeles. I'll tell you that fucking much. Wow. Cause here's That's the thing a- about Los Angeles. Um, you got insane, you got fires. You have droughts all the time, although it had rained uh, the day before I got there and two of the three days I was in Los Angeles, so everything had turned green. But my buddy Temple was like, man, this shit's ain't gone. It doesn't, it's not going to last. He's like, three days from now, this shit will be brown again. And it's all dirty. There's too much traffic. I mean, LA's a big city, and it's a big area. Um, but no, it's not It's not so it's correct it to be now. Wow, taking some shots at L.A., huh? Yeah, but San Diego was awesome. Went to San Diego Zoo, went to Balboa Park. Um, where else did we go? 
Uh, we went to the beach. We went to the Wonder the Wonderland uh, Bar and Pub or Bar and Grill. I don't know what it was, but it's cool. If you're at the in the bar area uh, at sunset, they give complimentary shots, and then everyone takes them all at once. It's pretty cool. I enjoyed that part. And mm-hmm. obviously, being in California now, they have recreational marijuana. That was pretty cool to go and to be able to walk into dispensaries, even if I didn't really buy anything. Um, but yeah, no, it was. I had a, I had really had a blast. Our friend Christine flew out. We got to meet her cousins, meet her cousin and his wife. That was an interesting time. Um, you could definitely tell their family. That's for sure. Um, and yeah, San Diego was great. Everything was fine till we got to the air until we tried to fly home, and that's when shit got bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I we, mean, I got frantic text messages, and like, uh, are you working or uh, can you help us out? I was like, what the hell is going on? But yeah, go ahead and explain. So unfortunately, <laughs> part of, part part of it was the fact that you know there's because of the shutdown, air traffic control has all these people who are timing out, which is causing you know. Um, all these complications for travelers, but adding on to that issue, because Boston has that issue, I'm um, adding on to it is the fact that Boston had just had a really bad ice storm. I mean, we, they got snow, our first snowstorm, but it was really more about the ice that paralyzed much of the area. Uh-huh. And we know how, I mean, Boston, we're Boston, we know how to deal with snow and shit, but evidently it was so bad because the Logan Airport for two or three days only had one runway open. And that's I mean, I've lived in Boston for 13, 14 years, something like that. I've never heard of that. There were something like 400 canceled and delayed flights. It was, it was, it was bad. Don't uh, you guys have a heated runway too? Yeah, I mean, the, we have all these things, man. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened. I just really don't. I don't know who dropped the ball. I don't know if. It's a, I mean, it could just be the fact that you know, because I don't think the state take care, takes care of the airport. And mm-hmm. it could be that there weren't enough federal workers who, to to do what was necessary to you know, get the runways in order. Um, but you know we we flew from this is insane. We flew from San Diego to Phoenix. We basically would have been stuck in Phoenix probably till today, but um, going through some other places. Flew from Phoenix to Tucson, Tucson to Chicago, Chicago to Pittsburgh, and then drove. 10 hours from Pittsburgh to Boston. Needless to say, I did not go to work on Tuesday. Um, my, you know, my boss didn't really care. Plus, our, most of our sites were closed for our participants because of how bad the ice was. And I work with the, uh, elderly. My company works with the elderly. So, you know, that's a huge fall risk. So we just kept them at home and sent nurses out if they were in need. But yeah, it's definitely the worst bout of travel i've ever had you know i slept in the philly airport once but even that was easy that was just a matter of waiting for the first flight out that that trip that trip is one of those things that makes me realize how good for each other my wife and i are because we just did a really good job of like sort of pumping everyone's morale up so that you know when the other person started to get down you pump them up and then they would pump you up and then next you know we were home yeah, yeah, like, I've been fortunate enough to not get stuck anywhere. Um, knock on wood. Knock on wood. But that's because I'm much more cautious of a traveler, I guess. 
Like if if it even looks like I might get stuck, sometimes I'll be like, nope, not doing that. Especially, well, mostly because like if if you get stuck on the West Coast, it can be garbage, you know. Like if you're trying to get back east, because like flying into Phoenix, as as you now know, can be like just hell because there's not. You know, a lot of the times it'll be like, well, if you fly to, you know, you got to do all these weird flights out of Phoenix to get to where you're trying to get to. Yeah, and that was the crazy thing for me because it wasn't, the flights weren't bad. Um, the flights weren't bad when we went to bed at night and then just overnight with the storm, everything just, it was a cascade of fucking shit. Yeah. I mean, and, and granted, this is all living this standby flying life, so. Yeah, like nobody else is really. This is not. These yes. are not problems that other people have to really face. <laughs> Although, I mean, I feel bad because there's some people who stayed in Phoenix, just being like, "I hope I'll get on." Not, not non-revs. Mm-hmm. And um, by the time we got to Chicago, they were like, "Yeah, no one's gone. None of the Phoenix flights have really left. Those people are going to be there for a couple of days." Yeah, yeah, um, that sucks. Like, well, that's what happens. Sometimes that's what happens, but. Um, what's been going on for you, Reg? Oh, I got some really good news. Uh, a couple days ago, I got a phone call that I've been waiting for for three years, and I'll be up. I've been upgraded from uh part time to full time, which is so so such kick ass. Because like we're we're going through negotiations with this contract and whatnot, and no one's really sure like how it's gonna affect everything, but like. I mean, I don't think it was going to affect part-timers any more than it would affect the full-timers, but I guess there's always that, you know, that potential. And it's just something I don't have to worry about. It's like a weight lifted off my chest. But what I like most about it is the fact that now that since I'm um, full-time, I'm like guaranteed 40 hours a week instead of having to like hunt for hours and stuff like that. So I'm guaranteed that and like my overtime will be significantly better now that I'm full-time, so, like, I'll, I'm making decent money, but I'll make even better money that, and money I don't have to, I don't have to hunt for, you know, so I'm really looking forward to that, plus I think it's gonna, it's gonna help me when I try to transfer up to Boston, because, like, there's so many people trying to get out of Boston, and if there's one more full-timer out of Charlotte, try, trying to get out of Charlotte, and that's probably going to help somebody and help me. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. So, so it's like it's good like news all win, around. Win. Yeah. And uh, then I, I filled out my taxes today. And and I, no, not today. It was, what's it? Hey, Thursday. So Wednesday. I, I finally got our uh, W-2s and all that. And I'm like one of those weird people that I don't mind paying my taxes. Like, I know there are a lot of people like, fuck taxes and all that, and I hate paying. And, like, I don't mind. I, what I mind is that, like, a lot of my taxes are spent on things that I don't believe in, you know? So it's, like, not that I'm paying taxes. It's just what that stuff is spent on. But, like, I don't mind. Like, I feel like that's just part of living in a functioning society is to pay your taxes. And I just wish that... Other people had to pay more, you know, like, I mean, or talking pay about tax bitch, you know, or pay it all. Like, I pay more in taxes than some corporations do, and that, that's a bit jacked up. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I always set it up so I get a nice little refund, and, man, I'm not going to say what I'm getting, but, uh yeah, 
I, I, I'm getting something good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll be going to Costa Rica when we go uh, with a, with a little coin in my pocket. That's good to hear, man. Um, let's see. One last thing in the Carson Corner. Uh, you and I are about to indulge in a weight loss challenge, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I was going to surprise you, but I figured I might as well I, I t- tell you anyway. Uh, but, yeah, we're in a weight loss challenge because, like, I think both of our goals is try to get – like to 200 pounds. Two oh oh. Yeah, so like, uh, I, I decided to make a challenge of it, even though I know that I'm, to say that I'm the underdog is to not give credit to underdogs. Like, underdogs would be like, uh, dude, I don't know if you got this one, but, uh, cause like, <laughs> uh, you're, you're at what, like 220 something right now? So you're much closer than I am because I am at, I, I just hopped on the scale. I'm like 244. So like the chances of me beating you are, I'm not going to say next to slim, but I mean, I'm going to get my game face on and uh, get this shit done. Well, I got to say, um, I'm, I'm about closer to 230 now, just Good. especially after this weekend where I drank way too much soda and ate way too much in and out and tacos and such um but you know it's going to be a fun race because i'm back into water and juice only um cutting out the fast food obviously again so drink all that juice i mean i i i cut the juice with water so mm. i don't care I'm, I'm going hardcore like i'm not gonna have anything fun until costa rica like for the next month or so Ooh, it's gonna be I know it's going to be a shock to my system, but uh, that's what that's what needs to happen to get it done. Get her done. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, I think that's about it for the Carson Corner. Um. Let's. Well, get one in. last thing that's just stupid and has nothing to do with anything, but uh, <laughs> I'm like close to finishing like with uh, Pokemon Go. Like, there's like a handful of um. Pokemon that I can collect or trade to get. I think there's like four trades that I'll, and then I'll be at a point where I've collected everything that I can collect, I think. So it's just a matter of waiting for them to release shit. So like, I don't know. I'm kind of glad that it's there because like, I'm not saying I'm bored with the, well, yeah, I am kind of bored with the game because like, it's just, you open up the app and you just see the same Pokemon everywhere. So it's like, what's the point of all this? And then, like, there's so many people who are t- way too hardcore for my taste. And it's like you have to interact with these people in order to get shit done. <laughs> you know? So it's it's just like, uh, if, if I had to do it over again, would I still play? Probably. Because it's, there's that, that gotta catch them all type, you know, achievement horror part of my brain that I always seem to... Like, that's why I, I play games for way too long. It's like, you throw some achievements in there, and I might play for longer than I would have. Yeah, I think I've given up on the game. I just, it's boring to me. There's nothing more than catching shit, and like you say, you spend most of your time catching stuff you already have and don't need. So I just, it's kind of the reason why I quit it the first time. I'm just like, this is not fun. Yeah, and then, like, they have that PvP thing, but it doesn't really work all that well. Like, you challenge people, and then the game freezes for one of you, and it's like, unless you're standing right next to each other, 
Plus, I don't like the, I don't like when, um, like, artificial scarcity, you know? Like, the fact that there are things that you'll never catch because you're just not in that region, you know? Like, if you don't live in Europe, there's some things you're just never going to see. It's like, I think that's kind of stupid. I mean, I, I can't, no, it's just stupid all around because then it's like, I mean, I get it. That's what the game was all about, was traveling around the world to catch shit. But, I mean, that's not realistic, you know. And and the fact that you can't finish a game because you can't travel, I think it's stupid. Yeah, it's kind of just dumb for me. It just doesn't add much of anything that makes it worthwhile. Um, But, yeah, well, with that being said, we will finally get into what's going on. Uh, yeah, there's I'm, a lot to talk about because we took last week off for Martin Luther King. That's our story. We're sticking to it. Damn right. We're black. We deserve to get that shit off. <laughs> How dare you question us? And not Robert E. Lee Day, which I'm. it always shocks me that that is still a thing. But then, like, it doesn't shock me, but it does, you know? Oh, 100%. But, I mean, it just doesn't. Having lived down south, you're like, Alabama, Mississippi, you know those places are like, yeah, yeah let's do it. Fucking Arizona out west. Yeah. Those racist ass bitches. Um, but en- enough of that. Uh, we're gonna start off as per usual, just with some, um, well, I guess they're not really usual recently. We're gonna talk about the shutdown as it continues. Today, Thursday the 24th is day 33 of the longest shutdown, Trump shutdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're beginning to see cracks in the GOP wall. We're Do you seeing, think so? Yeah, we're seeing multiple people who are who are basically coming out and saying that they're going to vote. Um, they're going to break with Trump and the GOP to vote for the bill that's, uh, that the House came up with that reopens the government without giving Trump his money. Uh, uh, you have, uh, what's her name, Murkowski from Alaska, Susan Collins, although you never know about her. But um, the GOP, or not the GOP, the Senate brought up their... Uh, brought up their spending bill which would have given trump uh his money for his wall and multiple uh gop people voted against it i'll believe it when i see it when, when they actually stand against him i just don't believe it. i just don't believe it because i mean a lot of these people i think i, I saw something like 40 uh gop politicians like senators and congressmen are up for re-election in 2020 and they're all in, in places where they need Trump's base. So, like, I don't see enough of them pulling away from him. That's just my thoughts. And plus you have uh, the turtle McConnell up there preventing everything from happening. So, you know, everything has to go through him. And I just don't know how, how people get around him. Um, I... I, I would guess I would look at it in a different way. Um, there are already people who have already voted against him and come out and said they're going to continue to vote against this. And I also think that now, and it's, it's beginning to show, um, you know, outside of his 25 to 30% hardcore insane base, other Republicans are moving against him and he's, his blame rate for this is going up and up. Yeah, and then, like, we've heard recently that he's talking about uh, just declaring an emergency. Like, they've been talking about that for a while, but it seems as this goes on longer and longer, the, the you know, 
that that is going to happen is going to become more reality. Like that's the only way because the reason this hasn't ended altogether is because he needs to find a win. Like he's been listening to all these right wing people like Limbaugh and um, uh, what's her name? Uh, 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 and Coulter, like he keeps listening to them and they act like they're the, you know, they act like they're the base and that, because, you know, the base listens to them, and, and I guess you could say that there's some truth to it, but, like, they're basically, you know, bullying him into continuing this thing because they know that they can, because they know that he listens. But, you know, you have people like Fox News who are like, uh, this has got to end, you know. So, like, when you, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, like, when he loses Fox News versus when he loses, like, his base. Like, what's going to happen first? Is the base going to go with the Fox news or is it the base going to go with like Ann Coulter and what in them? Um, it's a good question. I, I just think it's going to be interesting these next few weeks, hopefully not months, but next few weeks, because even if Trump tries to do his whole, we're going to national emergency proclamation, they're just going to get sued. Right. I think I, I think he knows that, but at least he can get the ball rolling and say that he did something like I just think he that's the only win he can get because he can say, well, I tried, but the deep state or what have you got in my way. I guess I don't know. I just don't. I, I don't know. I don't trust it. I think he's going to lose in court and then he's going to be like, all right, I guess I got to this is it. Um, but yeah, the shutdown's having a huge effect. Obviously, as I mentioned with, uh, what's it called? Air traffic controllers. You also have everyone from the FBI and TSA and other government, uh, employees who are being forced into these desperate situations. Um, many of them have been being forced to go to food banks to get food because they can't afford it because they don't have paychecks. Um, and that's causing a cascade in our social services system as well because much of the food that's we're in food banks. We're marked for the homeless, for low income, for the winter time, which is a very tough time for those communities. And now they're being stretched thin or even being wiped out as you have all these people who normally wouldn't need these resources being forced to, you know, request these services. So it's really tough to see all that stuff happening outside of the fact that also now many people are facing eviction as you know, if they didn't pay, if they didn't have the money to pay their rent, and God forbid their uh, their landlord was nice enough to let them go through January without paying. Um, a lot of these people are now facing a second month, that second rent check coming up, and they don't know what to do. Yeah, it's just kind of amazing that all these people are willing to put so many folks in harm in jeopardy. Because I mean. This is going to eventually cause a recession if it hasn't already, because the, the government and the economy, the country just cannot sustain this kind of inaction for this long. Like, and people are starting to learn what exactly the government does. Like, all these jobs where they wanted to drain the swamp and get rid of all these quote unquote bureaucrats. Like, everybody is starting, all these people who didn't know what the government did it's starting to realize just how important it is for the government to be in their lives and then like it's going to be interesting months down the road to see what happens because of 
you know, what chain reaction started because of this shutdown that, that we're, we're going to have to deal with later. Yeah, that's the thing. Shutdowns, I mean, companies are losing millions. The country is losing hundreds of millions. And we truly won't know how bad everything is until years from now. Um, some other ill effects of the shutdown. You got TSA losing people as they are either um, calling out sick and or just straight up leaving. The IRS has people basically protesting by calling in sick, by taking extended leaves of absence, which is going to affect the return of tax returns, even though the administration says, oh, there's no way that's, that's not going to happen. you know? But- right, because basically what they did was they called back all these people and said that they were these people who weren't essential employees. They called them back and were like, well, now you're essential. So you have to come back to work and work for free. And a lot of people are like, fuck that noise. Yeah, fuck all of that noise from top to bottom. Yeah. Um, and, and you can't force people to come in. Yeah, that's against the law, uh, against labor laws. And last but not least, military families um, are not receiving survivor benefits because those offices are closed. Uh, so or not just military, mainly the Coast Guard, but other military as well. Um, there's a lot of pension um, paperwork that won't be getting pushed through. Basically, a clusterfuck for everybody. Yeah. Um. And, and, and just just on on a side note, um, because we're military rats. You're a military rat. Uh. What were your first thoughts when you saw these people like, yeah, the military's not getting paid? And then I was like, what? And then you look into it further, it was like, oh, it's the Coast Guard that's not getting paid. Just out of curiosity, where you look kind of like, well, well, you know, you said military. No, the Coast Guard is part of the military. People gotta <laughs> stop being all high and mighty about that shit. <laughs> I mean, I know they are. And I'm not trying to make light of anybody's horrible situation, but it's just, it always seems funny that people don't realize that because they're like de- technically under the Homeland Security or something like that. And like, um, but, but, you know, like they are part of the military. So rude, Reg. So rude. <laughs> but speaking of clusterfucks, that leads us right into our Trump talk. Um, Trump, Donald Trump, tried to step to Nancy Pelosi and he got shut down again. He thought he was going to use the state of the union mess to try and show his power and his prowess over another woman. Yeah. And instead she was like, yo, open up the office and open up, whatchamacallit, the government will see about this. And he's like, nah, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm still going to give my speech. And she's like, well, we can't because of, you know, the lack of funds and the lack of security, we can't secure this. And he's like, no, nah, we can secure this. And then she eventually was just like, all right, fine. You know what? Shutting it down until it gets until we open up the government. You ain't getting shit. And after trying to act like it wasn't going to be an issue, like he could um, buy um, bypass her. Trump eventually had to admit that, yeah, he's going to have to hold off for the State of the Union for now. Um, proudly taking another L. Right. And and um, again, people learning in the moment how the government works, because you had all these Trump people that were like, well, yeah, he can just go around her. He can do all that. And they don't realize that the president, even the president, cannot just walk into the house, you know, and give a speech like you have to be invited. 
And if Nancy Pelosi, as speaker, says you're not invited, then you can't do it. You know, and it's like he thought that he could just go around her and just bully her. And then somebody must have been like, dude, if she says no, then no, it is. Because, like, it would have been worth it just to see, like, the uh, sergeant at arms escort the president out. <laughs> God, how great would that have been? Be like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, but you got to go. Right. You don't have to go back to the White House, but uh, you can yeah, stay here. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hear that Trump is just like. More and more, it's just more and more frustrated over the fact that, like, he just can't get what he wants. Like, I really think he thought that he would be, like, a king. Yeah, definitely. And and he didn't realize that they're like, yo, man, there are so many checks and balances on the president because we didn't want a king. Right, we don't want a strong person. Yeah, we don't need a strong man. That's not what we, uh, you know, that's not what this country is all about. And, like, he's learning the hard way. And, like, that's why he loves all those strong people, like Erdogan and, and Putin and and all those people. Because, like, they can do whatever they want with impunity. And he thinks that's how he should be able to run things. And he is fucking wrong. Yeah, and he's learning the hard way. And, like I, like I said, I mean, again, I, I don't know if I can actually be all that mad about the way things are going with Trump. Because... You know, back when, you know, this first started and we were first talking about a Trump type presidency, I was like, maybe we need a Trump so that people can learn what actually, you know, what's actually all that important. And I feel like that's exactly what we're getting right now. We're getting somebody who's kind of wrecking house and and people are learning about just how important the foundation is. Yeah. Um as much as people are getting hurt, the Democrats just can't budge. Because if they do, he'll do it all over again the next time he needs something. Exactly. I mean, that's the real problem about all this is that he's, you know, people said he created this trap and Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats just let him walk through it. You know, exactly. and that's that's really what it is. Like, there's no reason. And and because he made the 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 wall such an ideological issue there's no way for the democrats to back down like they couldn't give him just partial funding if they wanted to because the base would lose their shit and and rightfully so because it is you know it's a symbol of like white supremacy and racism and we don't we cannot have that built like Mm-mm. there's no way to to okay that so everybody's kind of stuck in a, between a rock and a hard place. And right now, because of, because Trump is the one who opened that door and created this trap and said he's going to own it. There's no reason for, for the Democrats to do anything but let him, you know, I, I heard uh, one commentator say, when your opponent's eating sh- a shit, sa- is eating shit, then you don't need to help them not eat shit. <laughs> exactly. Let me eat that shit. Let them eat it. Um, I mean, there's some other bonkers shit going on in Trump world. Like, he refused to allow Nancy Pelosi to use a government flight or government plane to fly to Afghanistan to speak with our allies and speak with our troops. You know, he's he's doing what he does. Um, but we're not gonna get too much more into it. I will say his people in his administration are fucking up. Like, um, Wilbur Ross, who was like, I don't understand why 
unpaid workers are going to uh, food clinics or food banks. They should just use their past paychecks as evidence to get a loan, which is like, you're like, dude, you're speaking like a proper billionaire who has no fucking clue how the world works. Exactly. And then on top of it, the fact that, you know, so you get a loan because you're not getting paid. And then you're going to have to end up paying back more than what you borrow because that's just how loans work. Exactly. But, but you know, like, you're going to have to pay more than what you're going to get in your pay because of the government shutdown. Like, that's such a ridiculous thing to say. Oh, God, it's just... So many people so out of touch, and it's just... And, and I gotta say, like, there's so many people who voted for this guy who are getting hurt, and I cannot feel any kind of sympathy for them. I'm I know I should it. be, but I, I should it. feel bad for them, but I just can't. Like, this, the, he's not hurting the right people in these people's eyes, and, and now they're realizing that we're all in this together. Yeah. Destroyed in Friday is amazing. Yeah. I'm here for it. Here for it. I got a chair. I've been camping out. I got a tent. I got goodies. I am here for it. Um, now before we get into some other stuff, I did want to talk about the Covington whole, uh, pro-life march that ended up with a confrontation between black Israelites, a bunch of MAGA racist white high school kids, and a Native American, a couple of Native American protesters. Um, Reg, I know you want to talk a little about it, so I'm going to let you uh, carry the ball on this one. Okay, yeah, so basically what it was was there was this uh, Right to Life march in uh, Washington. All these kids and people from all over went in there to protest, like abortion and all that. And then it, it turned, there were these uh, black Israelites who, if you don't know who they are, they're like kind of a big, they're basically the Westboro Baptist Church of, I don't know, black fundamental judaism <laughs> it's like it's even hard to describe what they are out there about but basically they kind of think that like they're the real jews and everybody else are kind of fake jews and everybody who's not them should be you know is basically less than you know so whatever they are what they are they're, they're crazy people who get up on a soapbox and shout out crazy shit that's really all you need to know about them but they got into it with um, these MAGA hat wearing kids from Covington. And then, um, you know, um, I guess depending on who you want to believe or depending on the story, then uh, some Native Americans got in the middle of them to defuse the situation. But basically what everybody saw was this smug kid, you know, just looking down at, at uh, this this guy while he was, you know, banging a, a drum, playing the drum and whatnot, and, like, that got everybody talking, and they are like, this is, you know, what what the face of racism looks like, and all that jazz, and then other videos came out, and it turned out that that's how we learned about the black Israelites and all that, and it seems like there weren't, there weren't very many good actors on either side, but, I mean, the black Israelites are cuckoo for Cocoa Puss anyway, so why that is in any kind of importance is kind of beyond me. Um, but yeah, so like it, it went from everybody being like, Oh God, we're so sick and tired of, you know, these racist MAGA kids and them getting doxxed and peep. And then it became a, a thing of, you know, everybody bending over backwards to try and, and defend these kids and quote unquote, 
you know, defend their honor and bullshit like that. And it's just like, I guess for me, what pisses me off is how that turn happened because even if you t- took their best um, explanation and, uh, of the way things happened, they still don't look good because like we saw all these um, other videos of them harassing women and harassing uh, other people, you know, uh, build the wall chants and, and yelling that, uh, saying things like, if, uh, you rape a girl, it's not rape if she likes it. So, like, it's not like these kids are, you know, they're not choir kids, you know, and, and it just pisses me off because people go out of the way to bend over backwards to defend these kids, but when it's a black kid who's getting shot in the streets or some other sh- shit like that, it's always the thug pick that we get of those kids, you know, and it's just, it, it, it boggle, it doesn't boggle my mind. It just, it ticks me off that it's still happening. And like, even now they're still getting some really good press. And, and there was even talk about them going to the white house, which I think has been scrapped. The thing for me that, that really blows my mind is just the fact that it's like, people try and look at things in a vacuum. They're like, oh no, these kids were being attacked by, verbally attacked by these black Israelites. Um, even though there is evidence that they too were, each group was, you know, commenting back and forth to, to one another. Um, but even more so, it's just the idea that it's like, that may be true, but if you look at the history of this particular school, a basically all white school that has a history, for multiple minorities who went there who were like, yeah, because I was the only minority, I was harassed. Uh, you know, they have their past students who are Middle Eastern who are like, yeah, I went there and they call me a terrorist. They call me a bomber. There was a, an interview I saw with an Indian guy who was like, I had to keep telling them I'm Indian. I'm not Arab. And they still harassed him until eventually he, he transferred schools. Uh, their entire teaching um, faculty and administration, all white. Uh, they are just just an area that you can tell it's a school that fosters white supremacy and the idea of not holding these kids accountable. Yeah. And and like what really gets me about all this is people are like, so you can't just wear a make America great again hat and not be considered racist. And I'm like, no, no. you can't. <laughs> you can't. Because like, yeah. Are there people who wear that and actually believe in all that bullshit that aren't racist? Yeah, I'm sure there are. But you know what? If you wear the racist uniform, you're going to be ta- tagged as a racist because like people are wearing that knowing the effect it has on people. Like it's a triggering thing and you have to, you cannot live in 2019 and not know that. So by putting that on, you are triggering people. Like, Not so just let's triggering look, people. You know what? You know what reaction you're gonna get from right, people who aren't exactly fucking MAGA dick sucking dudes. Like, you know what reaction you're going to get. So don't be surprised when you're like, "Whoa, yeah, oh, I can't do this." Like, for example, one of my favorite uh, podcasts, Yo, is this racist? Has a T-shirt that says "Back to Europe Airlines." Um. I live in a place that is majorly white. I I mean, could I wear that T-shirt? Sure. But if I wear that T-shirt, say, in Southie in Boston, I should expect someone to say something to me. And depending upon the night and how drunk people are, maybe physically harm me. Now, should that happen? Probably not. But I understand what that T-shirt is saying. 
Same right. with the t-shirt that says, like, white men ruin everything. Wear it, put that shirt on and then go into a place where there's a shitload of white men and and see if people are just going to let you walk around and be chill. You know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, and, like, it's just, like you said, things don't happen in a vacuum. I'm just tired of people acting like this stuff does happen in a vacuum. Yeah, and one last thing about this school. This school had a... Um, they've, they've shown evidence of this school, of kids at this school wearing blackface, and not just blackface, but like minstrel style blackface with white lips and blackface, multiple kids, and they tried to act as if, like, no, no, that's not what it is, it's for our blackout sports, um, you know, we have some themed games, and one of them is, is the blackout, where we wear, like, jerseys, everyone wears all black, and it's like, you know what, I went to East Carolina, and we got black jerseys, and we used to have blackout games too. We have, you know, yellow, uh, we'd have purple rain games and all that shit. You wear all purple. When we have blackout games, you know how many people I saw on blackface, Reg? Fucking zero. You wanna know why? Because people know what blackface fucking is. To have these kids, have these administrators act as if they're like fucking, uh, what's her name who just got fired? Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly. Yeah, like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You guys have too much racist history in your past to make this current event seem like it's just a misunderstanding. Yeah, and and again, people trying to act like things happen in a vacuum. Like they're, they're acting like what happened in D.C. was the only thing about these kids or about this school. And the more you undig and uncover about this, you realize just you know how shitty these people are. These people are shitty people. Yeah, and, and, and no, not only that. You knew they were going to be shitty people when they immediately apologized. It yeah, wasn't until exactly. two days later that they were like, you know, not not even the administration, because the administration has been smart enough to just shut the fuck up. But all these other people come out and defend them. But if you didn't, if they didn't do anything wrong, they would not have apologized right out the gate. And as a Catholic, I just want to point out, I'm so damn sick and tired of uh, these shitty ass people using religion and all that to bully and and hide behind and I'm just, God I just once would wish the Catholic Church or anybody involved in it would come out on the, immediately on the right side of fucking history you know just just for once be like we're gonna get to the bottom this is wrong and we're gonna do you know I mean to not foster this because like like you said this happened. You know, with kids from a a Catholic school, and this is the type of stuff that happens at this school. Like, this harassment and all that. They're fostering this kind of hate. Um, it's, it's hard for me to say just because it's like, that's the one thing with religion. It can be affected by, um, you know, politics. You know, these are conservative Catholic, uh, areas, you know. Like, I think about some of the great Catholic churches that we grew up in, something like this would never happen. But when politics comes first and then you use politics, use religion to wrap your politics around this in a shield, you know, that's when it gets bad. Well, I guess what I have to say to that is, and that means that you don't really have religion, that because religion is supposed to be tested in the face of evil and there's few things more evil than racism and if you can't test it then because 
it will trample on or hurt your bottom line and so be it if the school closes because people are like if you call out racism and that causes a school to close then so be it that's what should happen because that's the right thing to do i agree but the problem is what happens when religious people in those areas are okay with um when they're when they're okay with it like you know when the people who should be in charge are the ones who aren't you know it's it's tough yeah. um but we did want to talk about that and just quickly i want to talk about some other crazy stuff going on before we get into some happier discussion um for those of you who don't follow international news, Venezuela is in a bit of a tailspin right now. Um, their president slash dictator slash strongman slash hero, depending upon obviously where you stand, um, was just reelected in what was probably not a um, solid election. Because that's the one thing, like, Venezuela has had lots of problems for a long time, long before Nicolas Maduro, the current president, um, was elected. Uh, he was the anointed successor to Hugo Chavez. And obviously many nations are not looking at his, his, um, his presidency as, as authentic. And the United States are, you know, part of it. Um, but also, at the same time, there's an opposition, uh, leader who's relatively new, Juan Guiado, uh, who declared himself a Venezuela's acting president after, um, a day of massive anti-government protests. Uh, the United States and Canada have, uh, recognized Gudillo as the, as the, official and authentic president of Venezuela, but China, Russia, and other nations obviously are still supporting Maduro. And because of this, there have been massive protests. There have been violence. Um, there have been claims that, uh, that Guadillo has been, he and his, he and opposition supporters have been destroying food supplies, offices, buildings, uh, banks, Basically trying to disrupt Maduro and his and his uh, presidency. And what I think is crazy is the fact that like many people in the United States, from the president to progressives to Republicans, hardline and soft, are talking about you know oh you know people in Venezuela should race up against him and maybe they should get help from their neighbors. Basically giving soft support for a coup, which we know how well that's worked in the past in the United, uh, when the United States gets involved in South America. It works out pretty well, doesn't it? Well, just don't ask the victims in Chile of Pinochet or uh, Noriega in, uh, what was he, is he in Colombia? Is that Noriega? Nicaragua. Nicaragua. And that's the thing, it's just like, you have all Are these Are you people... saying that when we dispose these people, uh, it doesn't work out well? Well... As what about the, Iran, Jonathan? Or didn't that work out well? It worked about as well as uh, Libya worked. Looking at you, uh, Hillary Clinton and Obama, that was on your watch. It's just the idea that we, as a nation, 
are still about to invade another oil-rich country. Not necessarily invade, or at least cause regime change in an oil-rich country is just absurd to me. And the fact that there are many progressives who haven't been able to find the voice to vote against them, because they're like, oh yeah, the the people are, are suffering. And that may be true, but like this is something that Venezuela has to figure out. I mean, at this point... Over 150 people have died in protest-linked incidents. Like, it's crazy. So, what do you think we should just sit back and let what happens happens? The problem is Maduro has all the has all the power um, Mm -hmm. from the Supreme Court to the Legislative Assembly. Like, he's got a bunch of power. So, to stop him, it will have to take military intervention. And I have no problem with the United States not recognizing the election results. Um, I have no problem of con- claiming this to be an unfair election. We want to pull money and support. I'm pretty sure we don't have that much to pull anyways. Fine, let's do that. However, the idea that we're just going to go in and replace this guy is something I think is just... Un- we shouldn't be doing it. Um, there's an alliance of 14 Latin American nations um, that have declared the vote illegitimate, including Argentina, Mexico, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Panama, Paraguay, St. Lucia, Guyana, Peru, Honduras, Guatemala, and Costa Rica. Let them deal with it. Let this be a South American problem. Let them figure out how they want to do it. Or make it so that it's impossible for Venezuela to sell their oil to... to make the money necessary for their people and let their people rise up and decide who they want to lead them. The idea that we're going to go and do what we've done in the past with the results that we've had is scary and just pathetic. Huh. Interesting. I don't know. I just... Uh, hmm. I mean, I guess I'm with you to a certain extent, but I feel like maybe... I mean, I don't know that we necessarily need to put boots on the ground or anything like that. Just because, given our track record and all that, and if we did, I would assume it would, it would be to get some sort of get oil, oil or something exactly. like that. You know, like I just don't trust our own intentions. But at the same time, if something, you know, shit starts to pop up, then maybe I don't know. I, I, there is something about letting people fight their own battles that I wish that we would do more often. So maybe this is something that. We kind of need to do, and then, like, you know, let the, like you said, let South America deal with it. If South, like, if they, if the opposition wants to fight against Maduro, they should get arms and supplies from other South American nations. And we, I don't even have a problem with us supplying those arms to the South American nations for that purpose, but we need to not be, we need to not be there. Um, one last sad story. Um, because it's America, that means mass shootings. And a man in Sebring, Florida, uh, walked into a bank and killed all five people within the bank. Um, coincidentally, all five were women. I don't know if that was part of it or not. But um, all all clues point to the fact that this bank was not targeted. He had no business. He wasn't a client of the bank. He had never been to the bank, didn't work there. Didn't know anyone inside. So it's just one of those strange situations that american experience you know we have issues 
you know, this touches on so many issues. Gun control being one. Mental health, as I'm sure we're going to find out that this guy had some issues in his past. Um, and not only that, the use of lethal force against minorities versus against whites. Uh, he killed all five people, called the police himself, barricaded himself in. They broke through the door and then negotiated him with him for a couple of hours. Basically, all the shit that never happens with minorities. And he was armed. And he was armed. Bulletproof vest, armed with a handgun. Uh, still so, somehow came out alive. Which, you know, again, touching on another subject, gun culture. Uh, just the idea that guns make people feel powerful and, and, and it gives them this unnatural power that is then used against other people and they victimize people with it. But last and not least, I think it's time for us as a nation to revisit the Bugs Bunny Act of 1962, um, considering getting rid of Florida. Now, many people don't really <laughs> know. Bugs Bunny Act. <laughs> most people don't know the uh, actual words of it, but we all know the p- image of Bugs Bunny uh, that he put on the congressional floor where he took a giant saw and cut Florida off where it promptly floated away then sunk. Um, I think that's something that we really need to address because... Don't you have people who live in Florida? Don't you have friends in Florida? Uh, just my friend Annie, but she's got a house in Maryland. She could always leave. Uh, that's about it. Um, the, the state is just... Oh, and Jen, our old, our old podcast host. But she's wanted to move out of Florida anyway, so that will just give her the motivation to do so. But we got to do something with Florida. Like from Zimmerman to the guy who shot into the car of black youths because their music was too loud to the guy who shot his neighbor... Uh, the second his neighbor stepped out of his yard and onto the sidewalk because he said they were having a party that was too loud. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not against what you're saying, but, uh, like, like the problems in Florida are, I, I, I think there are problems that we experience everywhere, but we just don't hear them as much because of Florida's laws regarding reporting the news and things like that. Yeah, I just, mm. I think we get rid of Florida, we get rid of a lot of the problems. People don't eat other people's faces in other states, Reg. I'm sure that happens in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, I guess that's about it for the sad news and the current events. Unfortunately, shit is just sad right now, folks. Right? It's sad. Um, but we wanted to talk before we left um, about... Um, the Oscars, because Oscar nominations came out, and per usual, I was pissed off because they just, they, they, all these period pieces and boring shit that no one really likes keep getting nominated. And I'm just about done with it. Uh, but let's go ahead and, 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 and go through our normal questions. Reg, are you going to watch? Um... I'm not going to go out of my way. Like, if I'm off and I'm not working, then I will probably sit down and watch. Um, but I don't know. I, I might turn it off early. And it also depends on um, who is or is not hosting. You know, because the fact that they might not have a host which means the show might be a bit of a shit show. I kind of want to see that. Interesting. Um, I'm probably not going to watch. I'm sure my wife will either go over to someone's place for a Oscar party, which I won't go to, or 
She might have people over and they might catch bits and pieces of it, but I just the Oscars are a big disappointment. That's all they are. Um, it's always just like, hey, be prepared to see a bunch of shit that you just I don't really think deserves it. Um, you know, a bunch of artsy shit that's like, ooh, it's visually beautiful, but you're like, no one wants to watch this shit. Um, overrated shit like A Star Is Born and The Favorite. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm done with award ceremonies. They're all shitty. Yeah, I mean, the Golden Globes was the only one that I, I sort of had little hope for because I thought it was a bit more legitimate, but then, and I thought that it actually awarded stuff that people actually watched and saw, you know, especially when you have categories like, um, you know, best musical or, or, you know, versus best drama, you know, so like, that means that something that you actually, people actually went to see would get nominated and recognized, and I, I think that's the point of those things, but then, you know, when you have, um, you know, the Martian winning best comedy or, 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 um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody winning best drama and not even being in the, you know, the musical comedy section. It's like, okay, I just can't take you guys seriously anymore either. So like, I mean, I get it, but for me, the Oscars has never, it's, it's never, it's always been what it is. It's this navel gazing, looking at Hollywood. So the fact that, all these biopics and boring shit that nobody's going to watch or has watched gets nominated is it n- no longer surprises me anymore. It just disappoints me. Like I think about like uh, movies like black Klansman, like it's, it got uh, some good nominations, but like uh, the, the lead didn't get nominated for best actor. You have Bohemian Rhapsody, which, no one, people enjoyed it, but no one was like, this is a great movie. Yeah, like, I don't understand how Bohemian Rhapsody, which got shredded by critics, and even, like, people in the, in the LGBT communities got so much, is, is getting, seeing so much success. It was a fun experience, but it's not a good movie. It's not even a good biopic. You know, it's just a, it's a concert film is what it is. And the fact that that somehow, is is getting nominated for best pictures beyond me it doesn't deserve it it's like a joke to everything and i don't and what i don't understand too is how it's getting nominated you know like is there some sort of politics behind it like why is this being celebrated i don't i don't get it it's not like it's a nod to freddie mercury or the queen you know like there's some things like you can look at um um heath ledger's nomination for um for Dark Knight and be like, well, they gave it to him because to honor his legacy and his life and all that. That makes sense. And I understand. Well, I mean, that's, that's, I'm sorry. That's an invalid fucking. No, but the Jonathan, please. The point I'm trying to make is that's something, an argument that I can make that I can understand. But for Bohemian Rhapsody, there is no asterisk argument to this. That makes any kind of sense. You're going to make me angry. Um, what are some of your biggest snubs? Um, obviously right out the, right out the bat, um, sorry to bother you. Yep. Didn't get nominated for anything. It's bullshit. It makes no sense. That was such a interesting, important film and the fact that it didn't get nominated. Like, and that is such an indie, 
uh, Oscar film. It, it boggles my mind that it didn't get anything. And, yeah, and and just speaking on that same thing, it's just like I feel like there's so many disappointments. Like I don't understand how Sorry to Bother You didn't get nominated for visual effects when fucking Christopher Robin Solo. Ready Player One of all movies got nominated for that shit. Ready Player One? No one shit, no one shit good about that. Not to mention, where was the nomination for fucking Tony Collette and motherfucking Hereditary? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, if if Tony Collette doesn't get nominated, then this whole thing is a joke, and and that's where I feel like the fact that you know, like who saw the wife? Nobody. Nobody saw the wife. And I'm not saying Glenn Close wasn't good in it, but nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw Can You Ever Forgive Me. Not saying Melissa McCarthy wasn't good in it, but she also did that puppet fucking movie. So I question doubts. And and not only that, like I look at like Best Supporting Role, Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone. I'm just like, I'm tired of being like, oh, put me in a period piece. That's good enough to make me get a nomination. Right. I'm tired of the same people. How many times is Amy Adams going to get nominated? Or Viggo Mortensen getting nominated for Hero White Guy. You know? It's one of those things, like, that's a character that people in the Academy want to pat themselves on the back and be like, yeah, that's us fighting racism. It's like, but you also have to remember that the racism you're fighting is coming from you. Exactly. You know? So it's like, Rami Malek was good in Bohemian Rhapsody, but he wasn't best of the picture of the year good. I mean, uh, leading actor good, you know? I just... Everything feels so weak. Christian Bale's probably going to win that. Him or Willem Dafoe. I just hope, this is one of my hope, and maybe it's my prediction, but also my hope. I hope A Star is Born wins nothing. Oh, God, me, you and me both. Well, no, best song. Mm, let me see, look at best songs. I'm pretty sure. No, I want um all the stars from Black Panther to win. Oh, good point, yeah. Uh, Just anything but, because I'm, I'm... I'm kind of tired of, like, the whole musician becomes an actor when they're not a good actor. Like, Lady Gaga played herself. That's it. It's like, it would be like nominating Eminem for 8 Mile. You're like, that's not acting, you're being yourself. You yeah. had, There was no transformation of yourself. You're like, oh, can I be a struggling artist? Oh, I was a struggling artist before. I just... Eh. I assume Roma's going to win foreign language film since it was nominated for Best Picture, too. Yep. Um, my early prediction is that Spike Lee, who... This was a big surprise for me. This is his first nomination, which is insane. Yeah, it is. It's criminals, what it is. Exactly. Fucking criminals. Fuck. Do the Right Thing didn't get nominated? Malcolm X didn't get nominated? That's insane. I hope he wins. He deserves it. He's deserved to have multiples already. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he probably won't just because, you know, they don't like Spike Lee because he talks about white people. Um, but I hope he wins. Um, it'll be interesting to see who won be, who will win, but you know, I'll, I'll wake up the, the Monday after and I'll just look at the list and shake my head. Um, and closing out the show, we wanted to talk, just to dip our toes back in the political waters, um, about the 2020 primary and those who have so far, um, declared or, um, created a exploratory committee 
and there are a bunch of them. Uh, the very first person was Andrew Yang, uh, who, no idea who the fuck that is. Um, followed by Elizabeth Warren, who we all know. Um, Trump refiled, or filed to run for re-election. Uh, and then from there, it's just a whole bunch of people who you're like, who? Some you know, others you don't. Richard Ojeda, senator from West Virginia, um, filed to run. He ain't going nowhere. No one knows him. Uh, Kamala Harris, obviously, um, from Senator from California announced that she was running. Um, she's got a lot of baggage, a lot of problematic shit in her past. Um, as you and I have said multiple times, Kamala Harris is a cop and people don't vote for cops. Uh-uh. Sorry. You don't think that, you know what though? I take, hmm. progressives don't vote for cops. I think Right now, if I were to put my money on it, the people who are the front runners or will be the front runners this, uh, yeah, about this time next year will be, uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden if he decides to tip his toes in. The Joe Biden runs, here's the deal. The DNC has to decide whether they want to pick their person or whether or not they want to win. Because Kamala Harris isn't going to be able to pull the Midwest. I just don't believe that. Uh, Joe Biden is basically running Hillary 1.0. He's not even Hillary 2.0, just 1.0. Because 1.5. 1.5. People hate him just the same way they hated Hillary Clinton. Uh, Hillary Clinton, and he has some of the same baggage. The crime. He has bill. some of the worst baggage. He well, voted for the crime bill. Uh, uh, his it, actions during the, um, whatchamacallit, the nomination of Clarence Thomas with Anita Hill. And what he, you know, as vice president for, uh, Obama, I think now that some of the polish is coming off of the Obama administration, you can probably, you know, throw a lot of that around Biden's neck. Yep. Plus, he's creepier around women. Like, there are just yeah. about a thousand pictures of him being creepier around women, which, that's something you want to use against Trump, but you won't be able to if Biden's running. Um, so it'll be interesting. I can't, I, Kamala I think, Harris, Kamala I think, Harris is just so fucking fake. She's such a fraud. Like all this, like all these Instagram, Facebook videos she's trying to do now where she's like, hey, Oh my uh, God. Did you see her Instagram video? I think it was Instagram with her talking about celebrating the nomination of Black Panther. Yes. You're just, like, I, I, I made a noise. I went, oh. <laughs> I've like, never cringed so hard. I've never cringed so hard. It was. You're trying. To, someone needs to tell her you're trying too hard. Yeah. You're trying way too hard, and this isn't going to make you like people being like, "Huh, hey, it's me, me and Black Panther," or, or "I went to an authentic deli in Penn Station to get an egg sandwich." Like, for real? Yeah. For real. So she's got her baggage. Um, Kristen Gildebrand, U.S. Senator from New York, announced that she's running. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, U.S. Representative from Hawaii. Um, announced that she's running. I don't know much about her, but I've heard some troubling things about her, um, in, about her past, uh, specifically supporting her father's very, um, virulent, virulent? How is, what's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> um, the, uh, supporting her father's very, uh, vicious and immoral anti LGBTQ um, group. Uh, she was, she once 
pumped up her chest about how she was proud to be part of that group and proud to be fighting for traditional marriage. Uh, she also supported a group that was big on gay conversion. Uh, in her recent past, in the last few years, uh, as working in Hawaii, she has done a lot to, I wouldn't say repair the damage, but to support LGBTQ. So it'll be interesting to see how much forgiveness and leeway she gets. Uh, Julian Castro, also running. I'm a big fan of him. Dark Horse, uh, if ever there was one. Yep. Uh, former housing secretary of HUD and former San Antonio mayor. Um, John Delaney, uh, U.S. representative from Maryland. Uh, also running. And Peter Bagui? Bagui? There's no reason. He, he's he's going to be – he's the uh, – what's uh, – what was the woman – no, no, no. Uh, what's her name? She was in it in the 2016 race that that we nobody could pronounce her name. And then they were like, it's not really important to figure out where her oh, name is yeah. because she's not going to be in it long. Uh, she was the CEO of uh, – uh, Like HP or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see her face. Um, I remember Trump made fun of her, basically called her ugly. In the middle of a whatchamacallit. Right, and somehow that didn't sink him, of course, you know. Yep. Um, some people who said they won't be running. Um, Carly Tiger... Fiorina. Yeah, Fiorina. Fiorina. Yeah. Um, two people, Chris Murphy, from uh, senator from Connecticut, and Bob Casey, senator from Pennsylvania, both announced that they would not be running, which I kind of feel like you don't. if you're not going to run, you don't need to announce that. Yeah. You run. Well, unless people are asking if you're going to jump in. Ain't no one it, asking Bob Casey to jump in. I think in. people were asking Bob Casey. Yeah, his mama, maybe. But he, and here's the problem that I see right now, is that this field is going to be too big, and we might come across a Republican situation where it's not going to take much to win. You know, Trump won because their field was so big, and you could win with 15%, you know? And all you had to do was hold on to that that small margin and, and push other people out. And I feel like that's what's going to happen here. And and I think that's why Kamala Harris or Joe Biden are going to be the big winners because in a race like that, all you need to do is be able to replenish your war chest. As long as you can outlast everybody, that's all you really need. Well, I'm all right with that because that would uh that would help what you call it. Who? Um, Ernie. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, have we talked about Christian Gillenbrand? Uh, just a, I mentioned her. I didn't really talk okay. about her. Yeah, the 2.0 of Hillary Clinton, if ever there was one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are the people are running. And, you know, we're, I personally am still waiting for, um, Bernie to get into the race. And if not him, I'll probably put, my money behind julian castro and if not castro i just may vote third party um we'll see i i'm not voting for an establishment person fuck that noise yeah um i i I don't know like i think it's gonna be between kamala harris and and um Joe Biden. Like, Cory Booker, he hasn't announced yet, but he needs to hurry up and announce so he can get out. Uh, but, like, Kamala Harris, you have a, a black woman, um, 
And then as a law and order type person, she might be able to pull some monitors from the right. And she is in, in words, not in action, but in words, she's just left enough to, to kowtow to some Democrats and some progressives who are willing to be like, you know what? She's not perfect, but you know, I think they'll settle for her. So like, if I had to put my money on anybody, I would probably be Harris. And um, if I had to put my money on Joe Biden, I guess what my the reason I would say Joe Biden is because Democrats like their old white guys. So the United States like their old white guys, to be honest. Yeah, and and I feel like the Democrats are looking for a sure win. Well, I mean, listen. Even without progressive support, they should be able to win this shit this time. But they should uh, not. No, don't say that because they should not have lost the first time. Oh, I mean, listen, I'm there with you, bro. I, I said you and I said this all on, in my humble opinion. If they can be an open misogynist, racist piece of shit, then what exactly are you? You know, you don't deserve to win. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think that's about it, man. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it's been a, a couple of weeks. Well, it's just, just one, one week, week, but just, just one week. week. But, uh, hopefully, down, I, hopefully we won't, we won't have any more interruptions in the stream. And until Costa Rica. Yeah. And even then I might bring my laptop and maybe we'll record in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Right by the beach. This is me looking at you side eyes. Mm-hmm. What, you, what do you mean? What are you looking at me side eye for? I'm looking at you side eye. Why? It's rude. Anyways, um, we want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, as we say, please um, share, subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, speak your truth, tell your story, and stay woke. Yeah. That was nice to do it. The other way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No one even saw that coming. Sucker punch.